Thank you for tuning into Life Church Podcast. Wherever you are listening from, we hope and pray that God does a mighty work in your life. Enjoy the message. Hey, turn a person beside you, and I'm going to tell you what I want you to tell them, all right? Say, uh, um, I don't mean to brag, but I haven't missed a Sunday service all year long, all right? Go ahead and just turn beside them real quick. Make a new friend. <laughs> All right, and so some of you didn't get it, that's okay, and uh, we're good. But hey, uh, listen, as you get your life notes out, just a couple of things I do want to make you aware of. Um, excited that you are here. We've got several, several, several folks uh, live streaming with us this morning, so thank you for tuning in with us. Um, I'm going to ask you to engage. You can go to the Life Church of Alabama app and download the uh, life notes there, and you can follow along with us uh, just like you were here in the auditorium um, with us this morning, and, uh, but also want to uh, just encourage you. I believe the, the nature of uh, the church is to gather. And so uh, as you feel safe, we have plenty of room in first service specifically, uh, but you are welcome to come and be a part of a uh, Life Church family. Coleman meets 9 and 11. Life Church hearts are right now. It's 8, 30, 10, uh, and 11, uh, 30. All right. And uh, so if you got your life notes, pull them out, but I want to make you aware of just a couple of things real quick that are vitally important. Right there at the bottom of your notes, I put these two things. Number one, we're going to start next week our 21 days of prayer and fasting that we do as a church family. You're going to hear more about that. Um, just kind of being downloaded. You, uh, watch your email. If for some reason you're not receiving uh, communication with us via email, most of our ministries communicate via text messages, so you can talk to that ministry leader. Uh, make sure that you're signed up in those text message fields. Uh, but if you're not getting an email from us uh, in regards to our communication, uh, take a moment and fill the connection card out. Make sure that we have your correct information, all right? So watch that. Um, and part of what we're doing this 21 days of prayer and fasting this year, I believe, it's probably the most uh, vitally important year that we've done this together as a family. So I want to encourage you, uh, and I put this as kind of a, just a little encouragement. I want you to write this um, uh, at the bottom of your notes or on the top. Prayer is your opportunity to connect with God. Fasting is where you disconnect from the world. Can I get an amen? All right, so prayer, what, what did this Bible mean? So this kind of come without by prayer and fasting. Even in scripture, it says when you fast. It's so fasting is a spiritual discipline that uh, may not be practiced uh, as much. It may not be as popular because it's, it's not easy. But I do believe that this year we're going to tune in like never before. The venue will be open uh, um, throughout the week. You can have come and go prayer. Come in anytime that you'd like to. The staff will be praying at 8 and 12 o'clock. We'd love for you to join us uh, anytime during the week but we do prayer stations. If you say, Brad, I don't know how to pray, uh, there'll be prayer stations that'll be set up that you can uh, go through. And literally you can spend an hour, hour and a half, two hours in there just uh, going through the discipleship stations and realizing uh, maybe some of the, the, the aspects that kind of coach you uh, and how to pray. So it's always a, a great avenue in vain there. But then this Wednesday, everybody say this Wednesday. Come on, somebody. I'm excited this morning. This Wednesday is night of worship. You don't want to miss it. First Wednesday of every month. If you've never been to a night of worship, I'd encourage you to come. Uh, we always take the, the thermometer and, man, just turn it up. And I'm not talking about even about volume, but I'm talking about just the energy and the passion. And uh, we take our time there and just believe the Lord to do great stuff inside of our lives and hearts. And so I'd encourage you to come this Wednesday, 630, and start the year off right. And then there at the bottom of your notes, specifically a shift that we're doing at the end of this month that you guys need to be aware of. Um, and if you did not have the opportunity to listen to 
the sermon series we did about three or four weeks ago called uh, um, Vision 2021. It was an online stream. You can go back and check that out on our YouTube channel or Facebook, uh, either one. But uh, we went through seven key points to where we're going to grow this next year. And one of those points is in our outreach and evangelism. We've done those things uh, as a church body and a church family, but we really believe that we were supposed to give a, a specific emphasis to that this year and grow in that. Matter of fact, Thursday night, can you help me thank those who sacrificially served and gave time, energy, and effort? I won't start naming names, but so many people uh, did to make, we did the ball drop. If you uh, haven't seen any of the footage and those things, we had a great successful night. Everybody kept saying, cancel, cancel, cancel. We had food trucks uh, that canceled. All of our food trucks except for one canceled the night of, right? And uh, they were worried about the rain and worried about the weather and um, all that tension. We said, hey, we're staying the course. We had music groups cancel. We had every, everything just uh, looked like it was against us. We said, we are staying the course because we want to end 2020 declaring the name of our Lord and, and giving him the praise and the honor and the glory. And how you end a season is how you start start a season. Amen. Are you with me? And so we wanted to end and close that chapter and open up this next chapter of 2021. And so uh, will you help me right now, those who made a Thursday night or New Year's Eve ball drop, uh, fireworks and all the things that happened uh, take place. Can you put your hands together and just thank them this morning? Amen. We had a great night. Great, great, great night. And uh, I, I've been, we've been careful. You guys who know me know I do not believe evangelistically speaking. So uh, it was really kind of hard to count because two-thirds of the audience stayed in their car, which is completely fine because we wanted to uh, respect that and social distancing. But uh, we had part of our prayer team and, and our uh, salvation team uh, handing out Bibles and praying with people in cars. And, and uh, it was just incredible. So it was a great, great uh, night, and we celebrate uh, that was happening. So with that, on the 31st, we are doing time shifts, so it's 9, 10.30, and 12.30. They're at the bottom of your notes. So 9 and 10.30 are going to be kind of what you're experiencing right now with our family services. 12.30, we are going to do a laser focus on outreach. And so we're going to begin bus routes. We're going to pick people up that need a ride to church. We're going to uh, maybe some of the language, same message will be preached, but some of the targeted focus is those uh, who really need to find that hope in Jesus Christ and um, and maybe coming through some uh, recovery and uh, maybe some life controlling issues. There's not a narrative where you got to pass this certain test to be able to attend that service, but we're going to do a specific focus uh, with some mentorship and those things, uh, running bus routes and, and that for 12.30 starting January the 31st, right? So for those who say, Brad, I'd come to the 9 or 10.30, just note that uh, time change, or if you have a real strong heart for evangelism, out of this evangelism outreach group, we're looking at starting some sidewalk Sunday schools. We're looking at uh, really, really uh, getting aggressive on um, reaching uh, out beyond the four walls, okay? And so if you're interested in outreach, then you can uh, mark your connection card. Let us know, hey, I'd love to do that. And then last but not least, Ms. Joyce asked me, uh, we're looking to get our coffee bar started back up. We shut that down when COVID hit back in March. Uh, so if you're interested, we need about four more people who will volunteer to serve one Sunday a month uh, in one service. So if you can do that, take the connection card, fill it out, just put coffee bar, and we'll reach out to you. So I made it through all the announcements. feel like I just preached a whole sermon, but we're good, okay? Uh, so I've got your life notes. Pull them out with you this morning, and we're going to jump in to a brand-new message series that I am absolutely fired up, stoked, 
pumped up, whatever verbiage you want to use this morning, because I believe this is what God is saying to us in 2021. I'm not here just to say, uh, looking for something to say. I'm here to tell you what I believe is God's message for our hearts. And so today I pray that you would have ears to hear and that, I, that God would anoint uh, my lips to be able to, to clearly articulate what I think uh, he is saying to us as the body of Christ and as a body of believers this morning. And so uh, if you got your Bibles, turn with you to Philippians and we're going to go from Philippians 2 to Philippians 1 to Philippians 4. And then I'm going to give you three points this morning that you can walk out with some practical handles to apply to your life. And then we're going to uh, have fun. All right, y'all with me this morning? Everybody want to go like, uh, don't make this awkward, like a junior high dance where you don't know how to dance somebody. Y'all ready to have a good time this morning? Come on, somebody. That uh, I think that we should be excited to start 2021 and say, you know what? God is still on the throne and the craziness of 2020. We're closing that door and we are going to go, my friend. We're not holding back, letting up. We're not taking our foot off the the gas pedal, but we're going to keep plowing and pushing and believing. Do you realize in the last two weeks sitting right here in this auditorium, this ain't even counting the ball drop. We've had over 30 people give their life to Jesus Christ in the last two services of this. Are you with me to say that, that he's alive, church family? If you woke up with a funkiness on your heart and a heaviness in your soul, my friend, put a smile on your face and be encouraged because we're going somewhere. And if you ain't got enough energy to go, just hook up to somebody who does and let's go. Are you with me this morning? All right. So Philippians chapter number two, at the title of today's message is Fresh Air. It's our series we're going to do for the next six or seven weeks. Today, I'm just trying to do an introduction and kind of start and lay a platform and a um, uh, a basis for us to build off of. But with fresh air, our big idea, if you're filling in your notes, is simply this. If you're asking yourself a question today, our big idea is, am I stuck? A few months ago, I was outside working in the yard and, and there's a little low area beside my house and um, I've got a, a Ford F-250 four-wheel drive truck and I pulled down in my truck and uh, I my back tire started spinning, so I did what every good country boy does. I flipped down, I flipped the four-wheel drive and say, watch this, I got four-wheel drive, <laughs> right? And so I flipped four-wheel drive, and then all four tires are spinning out, and I'm stuck in the mud, and I did what every good country boy does. At that point in time, you call one of your country friends, right? And so I called uh, Mike Bryan. I said, Mike, I need you to come over here and get me unstuck. And so Mike came over and uh, took his truck, and so uh, we pulled each other out. And all you Chevrolet people, don't be saying if you drove a Chevrolet, Chevrolet, you wouldn't have got stuck because it was just the mud, right? And so uh, I, got, I got unstuck. I had to have somebody who came along and helped me get unstuck. And that's really my prayer for you today is to answer this question, are you stuck? Because the truth is, is sometimes we can be satisfied to sit and soak in the stench of where we are sitting right now in life. Maybe you feel like you're stuck or you don't even realize you're stuck in your marriage not that you need to get out of your marriage, but you need to get your marriage unstuck and get some fresh air in your lungs for your spouse and for your bride or for your husband. Maybe you feel like you're stuck in life and you've lost your vision and your purpose and the reason that you wake up in the morning and today you need some fresh air to breathe again in your life. Maybe you're stuck spiritually and Brad, you say, Brad, I feel like my, the, the heavens are brass and I'm just beating my head against the wall and I can't, I don't feel like I'm moving and going anywhere where and I'm just stuck, I'm just spinning my wheels. Maybe you feel stuck at your workplace. See, today you need to fill in your own blank and answer the question, are you stuck? Because I believe it is time, my friend, to let the fresh air and fresh wind blow again in our lives. 
Philippians chapter 2. Paul writes to the church of Philippi, and let me give you the context of his writing. He is in prison. Most theologians would say that he is in the Mamertine prison at this point. The Mamertine prison was a, a, a very dark and a very nasty and dirty place. Matter of fact, it was a multi-story um, prison, and the deepest part of what we would probably identify as the dungeon was actually below sea level, and sewage would run through that bottom level of, of the prison. And so uh, I want you to get this picture. As Paul is writing these words, and he's pinning this on paper to the church at Philippi, how he can make some of these statements because um, it's believed that Paul served part of his sentence there in that bottom dungeon just from some of the verbiage and some of the, the writings that, that uh, theologians have, have come across and discovered. It's believed that part of the time that he was in that prison, he spent in that lower dungeon, dungeon where they would literally wrap a rope around the waist of the prisoner and the soldiers wouldn't even go down in that part of the dungeon with them. They would just let them down through a hole and sometimes the sewage would get so high they would have to literally hold them up with the, the rope to, to keep their body up out of the sewage. Can you imagine the smell? Can you imagine the stench as Paul is uh, in and spending time, even in the lowest part of the dungeon, in the Mamertine prison? If you want to go Google it and look it up, um, I'd invite you to do that. But Philippians chapter number two, here's what the apostle Paul wrote. He said, therefore, my dear friends, as you have always obeyed, not only in my presence, but now much more in my absence. Why was he absent? Because he's in prison. Continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God who works in you. Come on, right now, I want you to kind of pat yourself in your heart and your chest. You realize that God can do more in your life in 30 seconds than you can do in 30 years. For it's God that works in you, my friend. See, what prayer does, a lot of times we think when we pray, it changes God. I've learned in my own life that when I pray, it may not change God. Most of the time, it changes me. And it positions me to be perfectly in his will. It positions me to have the right attitude. It positions me to get my mind right. It positions me to stand in faith and in purpose. And that's what the apostle Paul is saying. For it is God that works in your life. What does he do? He works in you to, uh, for his will to act in order to fulfill his good purpose. The good news today is God's not done with you, my friend. God is not bound to a coronavirus. God's not bound to 2020. God is not limited to who is sitting in the White House. God is not limited to time, energy, or space. For we serve a God who still sits on the throne, who wants to work in your life, in my life, in this church, in this nation. And what we have got to do is to get unstuck and say, God, I'm moving. I'm going. I'm not going to sit here and spin my wheels, but God put inside of me. So imagine this as Paul is pinning this letter. And he's saying, it's God that works inside of you. Yeah, but Brad, you don't understand what I'm going through. Brad, you don't know what I faced. You don't know the trials. You don't understand. I don't know that anybody in this room has got it much worse than how Paul might have it while he's pinning this. Let's go to Philippians chapter number one, where Paul writes this uh, to us. So just a few uh, chapter in front of what we just read. Now, I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that what has happened to me has actually served to advance the gospel. What happened to Paul? What do you mean? Paul, did something take place? Leave this scripture up there for me and we'll keep reading it. But he said, it's believed that when Paul came in and he started preaching that there was such an upheaval because so many people were 
getting saved and giving their life to God that, that literally shop owners and idol makers and silversmiths and those who were forming and shaping idols and making their living, that Paul was literally causing so much havoc because people were laying their idols down and following Christ that it was messing up the livelihood. And so there was death threats against Paul. There was a political posturing against Paul because he was messing up some of even the economy because of the message of the gospel. So that's where the upheaval was taking place in the apostle Paul says, as a result, I've come clear to me that through the whole palace guard and everyone else that I'm in chains for Christ, there's writings that show support that literally that Paul was shining so brightly in his faith that literally they would change the guards every hour that would guard him because everybody that they would put in his presence, everybody that he would have to guard, they would see something so different inside of his life that they would end up converting to Christianity. And so they would change the guards every hour so that Paul couldn't have that much conversation with them. But I want you to see what happens. He says, so my chains in Christ, and because of my chains, most of the brothers and sisters have become confident in the Lord and dare all the more to proclaim the gospel without fear. What's without fear? What do you mean? He proclaimed the gospel. Another verse actually says that they begin to shine, another translation. I wanna ask you a question right now. Are you shining the brightest that you've ever shined in your life right now? Or are you just sitting, soaking, souring, and you're just dull? Or is my life shining? I'm not talking about standing on the garbage can at your workplace with your Bible thumping it, hitting people in the back of the head, telling them they're going to hell and they need to get saved. What I'm talking about is in the middle of a moment of despair, do you have the love and the life of Jesus Christ shining out of your life like the Apostle Paul did? There in your notes, uh, left you a little bit of space. I want you to write this word down. I want you to write doldrums, D-O-L-D-R-U-M-S. Some of you have said, what's the doldrums? I asked one of my children, um, I promised them I wouldn't say their name, Kennedy, but uh, uh, she said, dad, what are you preaching on tomorrow? We had a, we had a date night last night and a daddy-daughter date night. And we, she said, what are you preaching on tomorrow? And I started telling her and I said, I'm going to talk about the doldrums. She said, oh, who's that? And I said, what do you mean who's that? She said, that's like a family or something. And I said, no, the doldrums are not a family. The doldrums is a place on the equator where there is a convergence. It's a convergence zone of the north winds and the south winds. Matter of fact, uh, they'll put a picture of this up. And that convergence zone that happened, uh, the doldrums is a feared place, especially when it, before there was motors on uh, boats. And so when they would rely just on sails um, to be the, the, the moving factor of the boat, then they would fear the doldrums because it was in the doldrums that there's many stories. And if you're a reader, I'd encourage you to go look where literally people lost their mind and uh, went into cannibalism and uh, begin to even uh, kill the, their, their animals on board and eat them and, and just craziness because it's in the middle of the doldrums. If you go look on um, YouTube that the ocean, which commonly has waves and tides and winds uh, blowing, the ocean is like glass and the air is thick and it's hot and it's the equator and it's beating down and the wind is non-existent. And it's in the middle of doldrums where the north and south winds converge and it's dead and it's stale and it's stagnant. And literally ships would get into the doldrums 
and they would become stuck. And no matter how big of a sail they flew, they were stuck in the doldrums and they couldn't get past it. They couldn't get out of it. And they were at the absolute mercy of the winds that were not blowing. And I wanna ask you a question today before we jump into symptoms of being stuck. Is it possible by any figment of your imagination that maybe some of us in this room have been in the middle of the doldrums? Have, is it possible that the body of Christ has been in the doldrums and we find ourselves stuck? And today we gotta say, I don't wanna be stuck anymore. I need the fresh wind of God to blow in my life. I need the fresh wind of God to blow in my marriage. Maybe you've been in the middle of doldrums with your relationship with your spouse. Maybe those doldrums have found a place and, and we got to look at what's these symptoms of being stuck. How do I know if I'm stuck, Brad? How do I know if I'm in a, this place? I'm going to give you three symptoms really quick. Number one, they're in your notes. First symptoms of knowing that you are stuck is that you fake it. You start faking it, but you aren't moving. You walk out on the ship of your sailboat and you're stuck in the doldrums and you say, man, ain't this a beautiful day? But it's hot and the wind isn't blowing and the sails aren't moving. And my boat has just been hanging out on this sea of glass. If you want me to drill a little bit deeper, maybe somebody asked you this morning, man, hey, how's it going? Dude, great. Blessed and highly favored. You get your Christian ease on. Blessed and highly favored. I'm just wonderful. The Lord's being good to me. But the truth is, maybe you're dying inside and there's no movement. There's no movement in your household. There's no movement spiritually. It's been weeks, maybe even a month since you spent time truly with the Lord beyond Pastor Heather or somebody in a worship experience trying to encourage you in the presence of the Lord and you just kind of just hang out and exist and, and, and you're just going through life and everything's good and everything's grand and you can even lay on the deck of your sailboat and with your sunglasses on trying to get a tan but the truth is the wind has quit blowing and you're not moving forward in your marriage, you're not moving forward in your faith, you're not moving forward in the vision that God put in your life, you're not moving forward in that entrepreneurial idea that God put inside of your heart, you're not moving forward in any area of your life and you are stuck in the doldrums and today you need to recognize and realize my friend faking it don't fool anybody quit looking at everybody else's highlight reel when behind the scenes you're falling apart and you're faking it just trying to make everybody think you're moving forward but the truth is you're going deeper in debt the truth is you're more unhappy than you've ever been the truth is your marriage is not moving forward the truth is today you need the fresh wind of God to breathe in your life I need the fresh wind of God to move in my heart. God, I'm stuck. And even though on the outside, everything looks like it's still floating, it may be floating, but I'm stuck. The apostle Paul says in Philippians chapter four, we get to the end of the book of Philippians. I love this book as I've studied it out. He says, I'm not saying this because I'm in need. The truth is we live in a society today. If I said, hey, everybody tell me what you need in your life, we all raise our hand because we always recognize everything we have need of. But somehow Paul found a secret. If you're reading from the NIV version, he uses the word secret right here. For he says, for I have learned the secret is in the NIV, the secret to be content, whatever the circumstances. I have learned the secret. See, some of you like secrets because all the social media and marketing campaigns have to do is, you want to know the secret to lose weight? Click this ad. 
You want the secret to be debt free? Click this ad. You want to know the secret to happiness? Read this book. You want to know the secret? We all think that there's this secret over these next few weeks. We're going to talk about a few secrets of the gospel that we need to get in our heart. What did the apostle Paul mean when he said, I am content in all things, even in the middle of the Mamertine prison, I am content in my chains. I am content even being arrested. I am content inside of my heart. Contentment does not mean you sit back, soak and be satisfied. Contentment means I know where my joy comes from, that I begin to have a passion inside of my heart. Isaiah tells us that, 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 that we wait, those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagle. They shall run and not grow weary. It does not mean you cross your arms, sit back and wait in contentment for God to do something. It means that you get busy, you get to work, that I begin to run and not grow weary. I let the fresh breath of God blow in my lungs in my life. Give me a reason to wake up in the morning and say, God, I am here for more than just to hang out in the doldrums. Are you with me this morning? Come on, let's do an amen practice. Ready? One, two, three. Come on, somebody. The first symptoms is you fake it till you make it. I'm okay. You're okay. We're okay. We're just going to hang out and survive. Second symptom is simply this, as you deal with it later. But deep down, you know, nothing will ever change. I'll get out of debt later. I'll work on my marriage later. I will go back to school later. I'll write that book that God's put on my heart later. I'll start that business later. I'll start praying more later. I'll lose weight later. I'll get healthy later. I'll do it later. Everything that you punt to later, my friend, I'm here to announce and declare, listen to me today. And for some of you, I pray that there is just an absolute unction in your heart. Today is the day. Quit punting and letting the symptom of being stuck, of you preventing and saying, I'll do it later. Anybody ready to go somewhere this year? Anybody ready to do something this year? Anybody ready to wake up on January, the first Sunday, January 2022, and say, oh my goodness, do you see how far the Lord has taken my marriage this year? Do you see how far God has taken the ministry this year? Do you see how far God has taken my life? Do you see how far he's taken me spiritually? Do you see the journey that we walked on this year? Do you see what what God has done in my life and my family, the souls that have gotten saved. Do you see what God did in 2021 when everybody else said we're in the doldrums, we need to back up and hold up and just hit the pause button? Are you with me this morning that this is going to be the greatest year of your life? Are you with me this morning? Come on, somebody. I'm not here to give you an infomercial or a pep talk. I'm here to declare to you if you will let the fresh wind of God blow in your life. And you've got your sails lifted, that you're going to start moving like you've never moved before. Your light's going to start shining brighter. Philippians chapter number two, he says that in the middle of the moments of my greatest change, that my light shines brighter than it's ever shined. That I'm going to shine brighter. I'm going to wake up with a hop in my step and a passion in my heart. But I've got to answer the question, am I stuck? And in the middle of being stuck, there's a stench. Band, don't you come up with me this morning. Every year we go on missions trips and we'll be taking a couple this next year, encourage you to be a part, but there for several years, um, basically twice a year, I'd go to Africa. And I learned from 
going to multiple third world countries and South America and Africa and India and um, just all around the Lord opening those doors that everywhere don't smell like America. And there's some stinky places in America. But one of the things, I've, I've got a big, I know y'all didn't notice this, but I've got a big nose, okay? I can smell things that other people, other people can't smell. I'm like, you smell that? There's somebody down the street that just burnt their cornbread in their oven inside their house, and I can smell it, right? I can smell. And so I've learned when I travel, I always carry a little ball, bottle of essential oil, peppermint essential oil. This is chapstick. I don't, none of y'all, y'all stink, but this is chapstick. And so I'll take that little bottle of essential oil and, and uh, um, I'll take it, I'll put it on my finger and I'll shove it as high as I can get it up in my nostrils. So the whole time I'm smelling peppermint, I'm like, don't nothing stink to me, baby. <laughs> I'm breathing clear and free. And so we go this one trip. This is the first trip I took Pastor Micah on, our tech director. He, uh, he went with us and Pastor David Morgan, who pastors up in Lawrenceburg, Tennessee, um, he was with us on that trip. And we go in Rwanda and land and on day three or four, we're going to a little village uh, called Ruhuha. And we pull up and, and uh, there's a city, uh, there's kind of a, a township. Uh, they got a few pictures of Papa. There's a township and, and uh, the majority of the housing is kind of mud and clay huts. And, and then off from there, you can go into the bush uh, where we met the Twa people and their descendants of the pygmy. And, and um, so this was my first time to ever go in this particular village. And, and uh, that was in the, the middle of the, the township there. And uh, we pull up at Pastor, um, uh, Pastor's house, one of the pastors of the, the, in the city. And we're riding our safari Jeep. And he says, uh, can I ride with you to the Twa village? Uh, out in the bush. And uh, of course we said, yes, sure. Well, I've been around long enough to know that all smells are not equal in Africa. Okay. And so <laughs> I look at David, I said, dude, this is about to be bad. It's going to be bad. And Pastor Mike is just happy to go lucky. Like, dude, we're going to the bush. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be fun. And uh, uh, I said, David, I said, here's some peppermint oil. So I gave David some peppermint oil. And, uh, and then I said, hey, I got an idea. We're going to climb on top of the luggage rack. So David and I jump on top of the safari vehicle and we're riding a luggage rack and we're filming and videotaping. And so there's a few more pictures. They can put them up there. And we're taking different pictures from riding on top of the safari thing. And we're going about 30 seconds. Um, and one of the things when you go to Africa, anytime a car comes uh, and people are going to ride, they don't just put one or two people in the vehicle. So I think they ended up with like nine people inside the safari Jeep as we're going. And uh, about 30 seconds down the road, we're riding the safari vehicle. Pastor Micah rolls down the back when he sticks his head out. He goes, what are you guys doing? I said, we're hanging out. What are you doing? He said, I'm about to die. And it's not being mean or crude, but you know, there it's just some people don't realize, they, don't know, they never took a bath. They've never had soap. They've never had the opportunity for shower or bathing. So there's a very unique smell that happens when you, you get in that thing. But for those who live there, they don't smell nothing. They become nose blind. You ever walked in somebody's house and you're like, how in the world do you live here? But they've become nose blind to the smell in their house. I'm not being mean or crude. I got a big nose. I can smell, baby. It's like you ate Willie Burgers last week and I can still smell it. 
you ate a Mexican restaurant. Dustin walked in the office today. I said, but everybody said, you don't win. What, what Mexican restaurants you go to? Because I smell it on your clothes, Big Daddy. And so the reason I'm telling you even that story is because is it possible that there's been a stench of stagnation in your life and you've become nose blind to it? But you've gotten so comfortable that you think this is the way life's supposed to be? you've gotten so used to the smell of living the way that you're living that it's become the norm in your life but my friend I'm here to tell you when the wind starts to blow there's nothing like the fresh air of God breathing in your life that stagnation begins to leave that the stench begins to go away and it takes us to number three there in your notes. Simply as this, is giving up's an option, but I know there's more. See, some of you haven't even recognized that you're stuck, but you've had in your mind the option of quitting. Suicide's at an all-time high right now. Depression's at an all-time high. It's because I think as a society, we're stuck in the doldrums. There's no life. You go to sporting events, and I'm like, is anybody going to cheer? We're winning. Nobody wants to be excited anymore. The pat, there, there's like there's this, this blanket of take away the passion, take away the excitement, take away the zeal, and let's live in the doldrums. And for some in this room, maybe you thought about quitting. Maybe you thought about walking out. Maybe you thought about leaving your spouse. Maybe you thought about quitting your job. Maybe you thought about even giving up on your faith in God and walking away completely. Maybe you thought life ain't worth living, but in the back of your mind, you say, I know I have those thoughts, but I'd never do it. I'd never do that. I mean, it's, it's too high a price. I've come too far, but, but you've entertained it. And I'm telling you today, if you've been entertaining it, you've got a symptom in your life of being stuck. And the mere fact that you've entertained it, my friend, today you need the fresh wind of God like never before in your life. And I believe before you walk out of this place that we can let the wind of God blow in our heart. We can let the wind of God fan into flame. Say, Brad, what do I need to do? I'm gonna give you a secret every week. Paul said, I've learned the secret of contentment. When they got in the middle of the doldrums, they had one option. They couldn't crank the motor and fire up the gasoline engine and let it the propeller take them out. They had to start paddling. It seemed like a ever-ending process, but with one paddle at a time, maybe you only, each paddle, you only move one inch, maybe you move half an inch. But if you're gonna get out of the doldrums, my friend, you're gonna have to start paddling. You say, Brad, what does it mean to start paddling? Maybe it's one prayer at a time. Maybe it's one date at a time. Maybe it's one time of opening up your Bible and saying, Lord, speak to me through your word. Maybe it's one moment in worship that you start paddling. You say, I don't feel like it. It don't matter how you feel, my friend. You wanna get out of the doldrums, start paddling. The Bible says that, that they would renew their strength. They would mount up with wings as eagle. We have to get to work, that we have to run and not grow weary, start paddling my friend. When you say, I want to get out of the doldrums, I need the fresh wind of God. You can sit back, cross your 
arms and wait, or you can pick up a paddle and start paddling. And I'm telling you today, when you put your faith into action, God starts moving. He will blow your mind. You're going to see a release in your life when you start paddling. Anybody in this room, anybody watching via live stream, I wish I had enough paddles to put one in everybody's hand this morning. You say, Brad, I don't know what to do. Start paddling. Brad, I don't know how to act. Start paddling. Start believing. Start giving. Start loving. Start serving. Start being faithful. Start doing what you know you're supposed to do to get to where you're supposed to be. And I promise you, my friend, the fresh wind of God will begin to blow across your life and you will get unstuck. Will you stand up on your feet with me this morning? Come on, church family. Turn the person beside you and say, it's time to start paddling. Come on, tell them it's time to start paddling. We need to, we need to activate that faith in our life. It's time to start paddling. I told the staff the other day, we're going to go in this time of prayer and fasting starting next Sunday. We're going to hand you out a, 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 a booklet that's going to give you scriptures. and It's going to give you different kinds of fasts. It's going to help you on that journey of, we're going to do nightly devotions. The venue's going to be open. So never pray, never fasted before. Good, start paddling. I've never read my Bible more than what I got on Sunday morning. Good, my friends, start paddling. Open the Bible up. See what the Word of God says to you while you're sitting in your living room or at your workplace and, and begin to read. What are you doing? You're paddling out of the doldrums. Is that, is that wind blowing that I hear? I'm going to paddle a little bit harder. Is that... Is that the cells are starting to move a little bit. Start paddling. From front to back, side to side this morning. Maybe you're in this place and you say, Brad, I know today I've got some symptoms of being stuck. And today I need the fresh wind of God to blow in my life. Come on, from front to back, side to side in this place, man. Can we start paddling before we walk out of this room and say, I'm going to let God blow afresh. Let God blow anew that this is going to be the year where I watch God do mighty things in my life, my marriage, my family, my dreams. That spiritually, I'm going to grow more than I've ever grown before. That we're getting out of the doldrums. I believe, come on, Life Church, that we're going to get out of the doldrums. We're going to take heartful out of the doldrums. We're going to take the kingdom of God as we join with other churches from around the nation. We're coming out of the doldrums and we're going to let the breath of God breathe again in our lives and our hearts and say we will not sit and soak and be satisfied, but we're going to move. We're going to watch Him move in the midst of His people today. Come on, are you ready for front to back, side to side, with your hands lifted up? Let's make that declaration in this place to say, God, breathe again in our life. Breathe again in our heart. God, we ask you to take us out of the doldrums. If you've been stuck, my friend, right now is your moment to reach out and say, God, breathe again in my life. Breathe again in my heart. Father, we release that into the lives of your people in this place in the name of Jesus. Come on, can we give the Lord a Thank you for listening to the Life Church Podcast. Join us next week as we continue our current message series. You can stay connected with us via social media. Just search Life Church Hartzell or Life Church Coleman. We hope you have a great week.